0: called Called Out. And we named this series Called Out because when you look up the definition of the word Christian, it literally means little Christs or or little Jesus's, if you want to say it that way. But another definition said it means called out ones. To be a Christian means to be called out now sometimes being called out in our culture has a little bit of a negative connotation i told you guys about the time i got called out in fourth grade for having a hairy neck it wasn't a good kind of called out i've been called out in some better scenarios since then but that one was particularly memorable but we want to talk about being called out in a positive way in a good way because it means that you are supposed to look different than the world that you're in and again That's a lot of times seen as negative. What is a nice way to say someone's weird? Special or you say, nah, yeah, they're they're different, you know, they're really nice. A little different, a little special. We use these words like special and different in a really negative way, but you are meant to be called out and special and different in a really positive way. So I want to talk to you tonight about choosing your calling because you have all been called. Every single person in here has a purpose, but it's not automatic. We have a God who's given us free will. We are not puppets on strings. He is not dictating our life. He's not making us do anything. You and I can do whatever we want. So if we want to walk in God's calling, we're going to have to choose it and chase it and pursue it. So I want to talk about that tonight, which is like one of my favorite things to talk about. But the first thing I want to tell you is that you're always going to have other options. If you want to live for God and walk your calling out, you will continually have to turn down other options that are not your calling. It doesn't mean they're bad, but it means it's not your calling. And God's been dealing with me about that. I, I was kind of getting restless in an area of my life and thinking I needed to change something. And God had to butt in and say, hold on. Hold on, you're looking for options, but that's not what I've called you to do. Talk to me about it. You're called to stay right where you're at right now, not look at other options. So we've got to realize, yes, we have a calling, you have a specific plan and purpose, But there are going to be other options that are made available to you that are not God's plan and calling. So we're going to talk about how to kind of avoid those things tonight. But you will never in your whole life find yourself in a situation where God is your only option. So that means your whole life is going to have to be a decision of every day choosing God as the best option. And choosing God as the greatest option. And as as the only option for me, there are other options. But I know that they're not going to make me happy. So I choose God every single day Jesus gives us the very best option so I want to take a look in our Bible tonight at two different people who had calls from Jesus literally Jesus the Messiah in the flesh on the earth stood in front of them and said hey come join me I'm calling you come with me come be one of my guys come be on my team but they responded in different ways and they experienced really different outcomes so the first guy I want to look at tonight is in Matthew chapter 4 and his name is Peter, but you'll see what his original name is in just a second. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I, like, didn't remember this from my Bible at all, and when I was preparing for this and read this, I was like, why do I feel like I've never heard this in my whole life? So Matthew chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 18. It says, as he was walking by the shore of Lake Galilee, Jesus noticed two fishermen who were brothers. One was nicknamed Kepha later called Peter. I think this is a great illustration that God will always upgrade you and give you a better option because Jesus did not call Kepha to join him. He called Peter to join him. So one was nicknamed Kepha, later called Peter, and the other was Andrew, his brother. Watching as they were casting their nets into the water, Jesus called out to them and said, Come and follow me, and I will transform you into men who catch people for God. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind. I totally love that. Can't you just see them? They're like, yes, yes, we're leaving work today, bye. You know, there have been days at work where I have felt like doing that, (laughs) dropping everything and running out. Not wise, though. That's not an option um, that I need to look at. So anyway, immediately they dropped their nets, and they left everything behind to follow Jesus. Leaving there, Jesus found three other men sitting in a boat mending their nets. Two were brothers, Jacob and John. And they were their father, were with their father Zebedee. Jesus called Jacob and John to his side and said to them, come and follow me. And they have a similar response. At once they left their boat and their father and they began to follow Jesus. But the guy that we're going to single in on a little bit is Peter. Because I love his reaction. Like I said, he immediately just drops his net And he goes. And when we continue to read about Peter in the Bible, this is pretty standard for Peter. Peter's mouth falls open and words fly out before he really thinks about what he's saying. So we see Peter have some really great moments. We see Peter have some really terrible moments. Peter is super relatable. When I read the story of Peter, I don't criticize him for the dumb things he says. I relate to some of the dumb things he says, so I can really sympathize with him and have a lot of compassion toward him. But I love his reaction. I love somebody who's all in and passionate. He said, okay, let's go. Threw down his work, ran off the job. Now he's with Jesus. The next guy we want to look at responded a little differently. We're going to jump into his story. It's in Mark chapter 10. As Jesus started on his way, a man came running up to him. Kneeling down in front of him, he cried out, Good teacher, what one thing am I required to do to gain eternal life? Jesus responded, Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. You already know the Ten Commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, and honor your father and mother. And the man said to Jesus, teacher, I have carefully obeyed these laws since my youth or, you know, my whole life. Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man with tender love and said to him, there is still one thing in you that's lacking. You need to go sell all that you have and give all your money to the poor. Then all your treasure will be in heaven. After you've done this, come back and walk with me. So this guy's getting the same invitation Peter got. Hey, Come on, come walk with me. Leave this stuff behind and come walk with me. Both of these guys, Peter and the young ruler, they stood before Jesus himself as Jesus said, Hey, you're called. I need you. I want you. Come join me. And I think, too, when you really examine these stories, Jesus was asking them both the same thing. You know, when he found Peter fishing... Peter wasn't fishing for fun. He was a fisherman. That's how he brought money into his house. That's how he put food on the table. He was asking Peter to leave his livelihood behind. He looks at the rich young ruler and says the same thing. Hey, I want you to sell everything you have and give all your money away. You're going to get rid of your sources of income. You're going to leave that all behind and come and follow me. So these guys had really the same instructions from Jesus and the same offers from Jesus. Drop that and come with me. He was asking them to walk away from their man-made security. So that's the first thing I want to highlight tonight is that oftentimes many, many times. Our calling is going to be something that requires us to step away from our man-made security because we are all good at things in here. Every single one of you have gifts. Some of you are maybe great public speakers. Some of you are maybe terrified of public speaking. Some of you are good at art. Others are good at music. Some of you are just good administrators like me. Sounds like a boring talent. Comes in handy sometimes. But we're all good at different things. But here's the thing. God is going to call you to do something that makes you step away from the things you're good at just a little bit. For instance, I still get intimidated to stand up and talk to you guys. This is part of my calling right now, but it makes me a little insecure. It pulls me away from my man-made security. I'm better in other settings. I'm better at other things. I'm more confident in other settings doing other things, but this is what I'm called to do. And here's why God pulls us into something that makes us feel a little insecure in ourselves. It's because we're meant to be secure in him. To get up here and do this, I have to rely fully on Jesus because I want these nights to matter. I I want you guys to receive things that matter. I don't want my ideas and stuff coming out up here it's not about that it's about God speaking through me and communicating what he has to say tonight I have to rely entirely on him and your calling will require you to rely fully on God when those guys left their sources of income and dropped their nets they didn't know where their next meal was coming from that's how they ate that's how they had food and and money and and that's how they lived God was asking them to let go of that natural man-made security and the things that they were good at and rely fully on him. Come with me. You might not know where you're going to sleep tonight. You might not know what you're going to eat tonight, but you're going to be okay. Come with me. Rely on me. Be secure in me. And I think that's such such a strong statement and it's so encouraging to see that in the Bible because sometimes in real life that feels a little scary, right? None of us really, as humans, like to do things that make us uncomfortable. We like comfort. We like security. We like the things we're good at. We don't like to do the things we're not good at. But God has called us into a place where our security is found only in him. And I think something else Jesus was communicating to them that I really love, and I have to remind myself of this constantly. (laughs) The older I get, the more I have to really make sure that I'm focused on the right things. But Jesus was really calling them to see that life is about people, not about money and careers. And I'll share something that seems a little bit silly, but something that's, you know, been true in my own life, and that's that there are no new tricks. When you're reading the Bible... The same things that were tripping those people up thousands of years ago or whatever, it's the same stuff today. When you get on Instagram, it's the exact same things, right? What does social media make you want to do? It makes you want to be in a relationship, and it makes you want to have more stuff and more money. Can you guys agree? Yes, I literally unfollowed some social media accounts in my life because every day all they did was, like, post all this stuff to buy. Like, look at these shoes and look at these throw pillows. And I realized it was making me just draw towards being more materialistic. And one day I was just like, hold on, why do I spend all day every day just wanting to buy things I don't need because I saw it, you know, like on a blog on Instagram. It's so dumb, but so many times we really do get caught up in materialistic things, right? We care about our clothes. We care about our hair. When you start working and you get a little money in your pocket, you start to really care about money even more. And you start to think, huh, it'd be nice if I had a little more money. And it'd be nice if I had enough money to do this. And my friend has enough money to do this. And my friend has this kind of car. We're being driven to be materialistic. And Jesus was calling to these guys saying, hey, It's not about money, it's not about careers, it's not about your job, it's about people. Come with me to serve people. Come with me to love people. Leave your job and your riches behind. Don't put your faith in those. This life is about people. There are no new tricks. Humanity is still chasing wealth and is still chasing careers. You know, that's what you're driven to do in school, right? Do good in high school so that you can do good in college so that you can get a better paying job so that you can have more money so that you can have a nicer house and a nicer car and you can take better vacations. That's what we're driven to do from the start. But God is saying, no, 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 listen, refocus with me. Obviously, we need jobs, right? (laughs) And it's fine if you have a career you want to pursue because God can use you in that career. But the point of it all is that life is about people. It's not about money, and it's not about our livelihood. It's not even about where my next meal is going to come from. It's about people, and if I am honoring God, and I'm following his plan, I don't have to worry about money, and I don't have to worry about food, because he's going to take care of me, but something that's so cool, excuse me for a minute, because I felt like my gum was going to fly out towards you, Zach. didn't want to see you go through that. Okay, so We saw these two guys, they had really different responses. Jesus was calling them to do the same thing for the same reasons. One guy dropped his nets, he ran into it all. He said, let's go. The other guy, it says, went away sad. He was really upset that that's what Jesus said he had to do to follow him, was sell all his stuff. The Bible tells us he was a really wealthy man. But you can see the consequences of their decisions. When we look at Peter's life, He had a front row seat, if you can imagine it, to see Jesus work and move and change the world and change the political climate and change people's lives. Peter was there for all of it. Peter was one of Jesus' best friends. He was one of the 12 disciples. He preached a message that got 2,000 people saved. But what is so sad is I think we could see the same thing would have happened for the rich young ruler. We don't even know his name. We know Peter's name. He keeps popping up all throughout the New Testament. The rich young ruler had the very same offer, yet we don't even know his name because he refused to let go of those things and follow Jesus. He had the very same opportunity when Jesus said, hey, follow me. But he forfeited his chance to experience a life of miracles because he didn't want to let some things go. Some trivial things, he, he didn't want to let them go, you know. It's like kind of morbid to say, and I feel like my grandma would say this, but you come in this world empty-handed, you leave this world empty-handed. That's in the Bible. This guy was focusing on the wrong things, and he missed his calling. We have to choose our calling, or the other option is that we'll miss it. We have to choose it, or we'll miss it. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. And the young ruler missed it, but Peter didn't, and I think there's two kind of cool things we can look at um, that helped him say yes and that kept him in his calling, and one of those is found in John 6, and it says, so from that time on, many of the disciples turned their backs on Jesus and refused to be associated with him. So Jesus said to his 12, and you, do you also want to leave? And Peter spoke up. This is one of the times he opened his mouth and some good words fell out, not some bad words. (laughs) Peter spoke up and said, but Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. So he said, we're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. So what happened right before this, Jesus had preached a message, and of course his disciples loved him. They were his best friends. So if you can imagine one of your best friends getting up to preach and then saying some weird controversial things they've never said before, like, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're used to this guy's messages being on point. He gets up and opens his mouth and starts saying some crazy stuff, and they're all just like... Like if you can if you can just really imagine someone in real life getting up saying those kinds of things. Now you and I know what he's talking about. We know about communion because we're living all these years later. We have the whole Bible. The people at that time didn't know. And I don't think his disciples even knew. He gets up there, he's saying all this weird bizarre stuff sounding like a vampire. They're all like, wow, we love you. We're trying to be supportive, but I don't know what you're talking about. That's weird and gross. And a lot of people left Jesus over that. They left his ministry. His disciples departed. So we see in these verses that Jesus is turning around, probably feeling pretty bummed out. He's bringing fresh revelation. He's saying things that have never been said. And a bunch of people that he loves leave. So he turns to his disciples and he says, are you going to go too? But here's what Peter did. He refused to leave his calling, and to leave his man of God, he said, where are we going to go? Who's going to give us eternal life like you do? Peter didn't have a backup plan. He didn't start looking at other options when things got a little hard or got a little weird or he didn't fully understand everything that was going on. He didn't turn to his other options and say, okay, yeah, I think I was wrong. He said, no, this is where I'm called. Where else will I go and live this kind of life? Where else am I going to find this joy? Am I going to find this peace? I don't know what you were talking about, Jesus, but I'm here because this is where I'm called. I may not understand it all right now, but this is where I'm called. Where am I going to go? He had no backup plan. He knew Jesus and his calling was the only happy, successful life that there was for him. And you're going to have to make that decision because um, I don't think anyone in this church is ever going to stand up and preach something like that weird. (laughs) But you might encounter a difficult situation with friends or you might encounter a really discouraging situation. Sometimes (laughs) there have been times where I've been feeling really confident in what God has called me to do and I have stood up and done something and I have felt good about it and then then I get some like negative reviews and then I don't feel so good about it and there's some really intense discouragement that can come in those situations. What am I gonna do? Do I start looking at other options or do I just come back to my calling and say, hey, you know what? Maybe this person hurt me. Maybe I didn't do as well as I thought I was gonna do. Uh, Maybe I jumped out and I missed the mark a little bit. I was doing my best, but I really didn't hit the target. It's okay, though. This is what I'm called to do, Father, and I will not be happy doing anything else. I'm not going to start looking at other options just because something feels a little difficult or there's a little opposition or some of my friends start leaving me. I'm not leaving. This is where I'm called. So I love that about Peter's attitude, you know, and it's especially cool, I think, to see him there in that moment where Jesus is feeling really discouraged. None of the other disciples spoke up. It says just Peter. Peter spoke up and said, hey, Where are we going to go? This is the only place for us. We're staying with you, Jesus. And another cool thing that Peter did is in Mark chapter 10. Now, you could look at this, and you could say this is kind of like a less good moment for Peter. But I like it because he's just seeking clarification, okay? Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Peter spoke up, and he's saying to Jesus, Hey, can't you see that we have left everything we had to cling to you? Jesus responded and said, Listen to my words. Anyone who leaves his home behind and chooses me over children or parents, family, possessions, all for the sake of the gospel, it will come back to him a hundred times as much in this lifetime. Homes, family, mothers, brothers, sisters, children, possessions, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, he will inherit eternal life. So these verses actually fall right after the encounter with with the rich young ruler. So um, when he got upset and he left and he was saying, oh, my God, you know, there's no way I can sell everything. Jesus was talking to people saying, hey, people who have a lot of wealth and a lot of possessions, it's hard for them to inherit the kingdom of God because they've got a lot more to let go of than some of the rest of us do. Right. So Jesus was kind of kind of taking this and making it a teaching moment. And Peter kind of acts like he's a little offended. He speaks up and says, yeah. Hello, we gave away everything for you, Lord. You don't have to tell us. Like We're not the person with the mansion that we got to leave behind right now. We already left it. We gave it all up for you. But Jesus was so gracious to Peter and said, hey, yeah, you did that, and don't worry because it will all come back to you a hundred times. So this is another thing that uh, Peter learned. He didn't initially know it, but he learned that God would take care of him if he stuck with Jesus and he stayed in his calling, anything that he ever had to let go of and give up would come back to him even more because Peter left a comfortable life to follow Jesus. He left the thing that he knew, which was fishing. He left his vocation. He left that comfort and followed Jesus, but he learned that what he gained to walk with Jesus would far outweigh any of the stuff he left behind. And here's Jesus saying, hey, yeah, I see what you gave up. I see what you let go of. I see what you set down even when it hurt, but don't worry. It's all going to come back to you. And you and I can be confident of the same thing. Listen, I've had to walk away from friends. Usually, actually, they walked away from me, <laughs> so and I was just the one left here. Um, but you know what? Today, I have the best friends I've ever had in my whole life. God has restored that back to me. Anytime that I have given money sacrificially, you know, God will speak to me and tell me to, to give some money away. Anytime I've done that and it was hard, man, something big comes my way. Anything that you let go to follow Jesus is going to come back to you even more. God is a just God and a gracious God, and he will not let let you come up short in anyway, whether that's in friends or relationships or money or happiness or anything else. You can be confident that anything you let go of, God is going to restore to you even more. But we've also got to make sure we're looking at it the right way because we can see one of the big differences between Peter and the young ruler is that the young ruler was focused on everything he had to give up while Peter was focused on everything he he had to gain. He didn't think twice about dropping those nets because he knew he was about to gain so much more than just, you know, fishing for a living. The young ruler was so focused on the things that he had to let go that he ended up leaving and missing his calling. So you and I have got to do the same thing. We cannot allow ourselves to be caught up in the things that maybe God is calling us to let go of right now or the friends he's calling us to step away from or the relationship he's telling you to end. Don't be caught up in what you're letting go fix your eyes on Jesus and look to everything that you are gaining because God is not going to let you come up short and when we focus on the right things it makes making those decisions so much easier some people and and not just people your age man people my age people who are 40 people who are 60 people get caught up in this their whole life they're so focused on what they have to let go you know, I, I want to follow God, but, like, I like to drink on the weekends. And I want to follow God, but, like, I don't want to break up with my boyfriend because I'm trying to bring him to Jesus. And I want to follow God, but, you know, I don't have any other friends. If I quit hanging out with my friends, I have nobody. We focus so strongly on the things that we need to get rid of when we need to be focusing on everything that we gain by following Jesus. So if I can encourage you in anything tonight, it's just Don't settle for something that's just comfortable and mundane like the rich young ruler. Can you imagine forfeiting your calling for something as silly as money? You know, I mean, at the end of your life, how disappointing. It's just, it's tragic. When when you experience God's goodness and you're walking in your calling, you just can't imagine any other life. You can't imagine not doing this. You feel so grateful. Listen, I am so grateful for everything that I ever let go out of my life, whether that was friends or relationships or just situations, parties I missed out on, different things that I stayed away from because I wanted to choose my calling instead. I am so grateful, and God has taken care of me in ways I never could have like made for my own self. You know, I'm not kidding you when I say God, he gets me money when I need it. And I'm saying that to encourage you guys. You know, sometimes we can get so focused on natural things, but God is so big. He can take care of those things easily. Like I have learned, just don't even worry about it. God's got it. I'm going to focus on spiritual things and what I'm called to do. And I know when I do that, God will literally bring me everything I need. He has brought me thousands of dollars, you know, during my time of being an adult. And that's a really practical example. You guys might not relate to it yet because you're not paying bills, but I just love it because God can take care of of just the little things of life. He can take care of money. He can take care of food. He can take care of housing. You know, that stuff doesn't matter. That's a piece of cake for him. So don't get hung up on those physical things. Focus on what you gain by following Jesus because there is just nothing that brings satisfaction and joy or anything else like your calling. It is so worth it. When the Bible urges us to walk worthy of our calling, sometimes we can look at that in a way maybe that's negative or that's intimidating. And trust me, I have been there before when I, I felt like, wow, like, I don't know if I can live that way that's required. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might have an inkling of what you're called to do, and it can feel intimidating because, again, it's not maybe speaking to your natural talents. It's pulling you into a place where you're going to have to rely on God. But I've been there where I've felt like I know how I need to live but I just don't know if I can. I feel like I always fall short or I, I feel like I can never walk in love the way I need to or I, I feel like I can never pray as much as I need to. I have felt intimidated by all those things before. So if you feel that way, don't feel alone. I've been there, but I have learned, man, if you just, if you just do your best, just stretch yourself a little bit every day, do what you know is right. If you saw Frozen 2, um, just do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. God will supernaturally help you. His grace comes alongside and helps you so that you don't have to do it on your own. You know, those times when I felt intimidated and felt like I always came up short, I was trying to do it on my own and in my own strengths and my own talents. I don't have enough talent to do what God has called me to do, and I'm not strong enough on my own. But I I need him, and that's fine because he's there. That's what he's here for. That's why he gives us graces and anointings to carry us and to help us do the things that we need to do. So tonight I just want to encourage you to choose your calling, to get rid of any backup plans. Don't look for other options when things get hard. And realize that anything you give up for God is going to be made up a 100 times over. God is not going to let you come up short or disappointed. Trust me, you will not. Look over your life and wish you had done things differently if you just follow God. And I know I'm not that old yet, but I'm old enough to have such a strong sense of that, of like, man, I'm so grateful for the right decisions I made 10 years ago when I didn't really feel like it, and five years ago, and last year when it felt hard and it was difficult and I, I didn't want to do those things. I'm so grateful that I pushed through, and I did, because the reward that God brings is so, so worth it. So I want to encourage you guys with that tonight. Um, that's all I've got for for tonight's message. Tonight we're kind of talking about choosing your calling Next week, we're going to talk about really how to live called out and how to walk that out day to day and live the way that God has called us to do. So it's going to be really good. Um, But before we go tonight, I want to pray for you. And then I've got one more thing to do. So, Father... I thank you for every person in this room. We know, Father, that we are called. You have a special plan for every single one of us. And right now we ask you, Father, to begin to speak to us in a new way about our calling. As we strive to follow you and listen to you and choose you, Father, we thank you that you will respond to us. And you will speak to us and you will lead us into the things you have for us, Father. I thank you for every person in this room, for the people that they are called to help and to love and to minister to, Father, that you would never let us uh, lose sight of what we're really here for, Father, and that is people, to show them your love and to minister to them the way that you have loved us and ministered to us. And we're so grateful, Father, to be a part of your plan and to have a role.